a prescription to lessen your risk of diabetes by 50%. Welcome to the Our Ketogenic Life podcast, where we bring you the scientific and daily application of living the ketogenic lifestyle. We have helped hundreds reach their weight loss and health goals, but this is far more than that. We want to help you create real life change so that you can live the life God created you for. Now, here are your hosts, Kevin and Danae Davis. Hey guys, welcome to the Our Ketogenic Life podcast. Uh, We're happy to have you here. And we have some exciting news. Uh, I've come across a prescription uh, that can lessen your risk of diabetes and heart disease by 50% and your overall mortality by 30%. And it's amazing. I've never seen this kind of reduction uh, by a prescription before. So uh, stay tuned and you're going to find out exactly what that prescription for is for. And the good thing about this prescription is I've not found any side effects from this uh, prescription. Uh, everybody can do it. It doesn't matter how old you are or what medicine you're on right now. You can do, you can uh, have this prescription and I'll tell you about it in just a second. Now, if you've noticed, we've not done a podcast for the last couple of weeks and that's been my fault. Uh, we uh, need these recording cards uh, to do the podcast and uh, we had one a couple weeks ago we did a whole podcast and I didn't record it and uh, it was all full and I didn't realize it and I kept forgetting to order these so we just got them in so I'm going to catch up uh, so we can connect back with you but we are back here and uh, again the exciting news I've got a prescription for you and um you know, with prescriptions, with uh, medications and things like that, there's there's uh, usually a risk uh, of taking medication. And usually taking the medication, the benefits usually outweigh the risk. And that's why we take the, the medication. Now, the prescription uh, that I'm talking about is a prescription that, again, anybody can do. And that prescription is exercise. It's amazing, guys. It's amazing how much exercise can lessen your risk. Uh, I read a study. Uh, I meant to quote them in the magazine, but I think it's a British uh, medical journal that found that you have a 50% reduction in uh, diabetes and cardiovascular events and a 30% reduction overall mortality. Also, I read a study from uh, Korea that I think it was Korea. Uh, I should, uh, I, I forgot to write that down, but I'll get back to that and let you know for sure. But uh, from Korea, that showed the risk of getting COVID uh, with exercise is less. And then also the complications are less if you are uh, routinely exercise. So that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about a prescription that anybody can do. Uh, and we're going to talk about different kind of exercises, what's best so you get most bang for your buck. But the main thing is getting out and moving. Uh, Movement is going to help you lessen your risk for overall disease. Uh, You're going to feel much better. Um, There's going to be some other things we're going to talk about as far as the the benefits from exercise. But the main thing that I want people to understand 
is it's not just about diet. It's about exercise as well. We talk about sleep uh, as uh, as another um, pillar of health along with prayer. So if you have not been exercising, if it is not something that you've been doing, uh, hopefully this listening to this podcast will give you some motivation to start exercising, to start moving so that you can get some uh, of benefits uh, now and long term and you're going to feel better. Now, a lot of times when people uh, talk about exercise, they want to know what kind of exercise. You know, when I first start talking to someone who's never been exercising, I just want them to walk. You know, just get out and start moving. Now, is, is that the best exercise? No, and we're going to talk about that. But if you've never, never, if you've not been exercising, that's a good place to start is just getting out and moving, you know, and trying to track your times. So one of the things that they recommend as far as exercise is uh, 150 minutes of exercises per week. That averages out if you do it five days a week, that's two off days. That's like 30 minutes a day. And I think most of us have 30 minutes a day of watching TV or wasting our time on, you know, screens, you know, scrolling through Facebook or whatever it may be. And we have that time. It's just we're not using it wisely. Now, during this 150 minutes, you know, I don't think doing the same thing over and over is the best way to accomplish the best results. Again, you need to start where you're at. If you've never been exercising, start walking, and then you can build up to the things we're going to talk about. Now, there's basically four different types of exercise. Uh, that, that you can do. One is like aerobic. That's like doing cardio. That's when you're like running, uh, doing uh, a, a fast walk, those type of things. The second type of, uh, uh, type of exercise is strengthening. And that's where you're going to increase your muscle mass. Now, it's important that we increase our muscle mass because it, it, increased muscle mass is associated with um, increased longevity. Uh, the more muscle that you have, the, the better off you're going to be as you get older. Starting about age 30, we all start losing more muscles, uh, mass pro- approximately 1% per year. So no matter where you're at in the range, you may be 45, 50 years old, you can still add muscle back to uh, your skeletal uh, system and uh, be able to increase it, but at least try to keep where you're at so you don't progressively lose that. Another uh, type of exercise is flexibility. Uh, you know, doing being flexible helps prevent injury. It gives you some functional ability as well. If uh, you listen to our nuggets about vacation, you know, um, we were sitting on the beach, me and uh, Danae, and I saw this lady who had to be in like 70s. And I just saw her bend over and pick up. I think it was like uh, she was with some grandkids or something. And she picked up like a... Um, 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 a pail with you know a shovel that you play with at the beach and she was 70 she bent over like she was 30 she didn't you know if you've seen people that's in their 70s a lot of times you know they, they're slow going down slow going up they're afraid of falling and things like that this lady bent down grabbed it and right back up you know that flexibility give gives her more functional ability and then also relates to the fourth type of exercise is stability now the reason we want to really have stability in our lives is because it helps prevent falls. You know, it's just like going up and down stairs, you know, lifting heavy things, you know, lifting grocery bags, things like that. You want to have stability so you don't uh, get out of balance and uh, have an injury to it. So some of the things that I think that is important as far as exercising 
is uh, obviously it helps you improve your cardiometabolic health. You know, when you're exercising, you have less visceral fat. Uh, visceral fat is the organ fat. It's the fat around the organs. It's not the fat, fat that we see that's like in our belly and things like that. It's on the inside. So when you have less visceral fat, you're more healthy. You're, you have better metabolic health. And that also leads to decreased insulin resistance. And we've talked a lot about insulin resistance and how it can uh, lead to a lot of chronic medical problems. Another thing that helps with exercise is your bone and your joint health. You increase your bone density mass. So if you are worried about, you know, falling and breaking a hip, a wrist, something along those lines, you know, if you're exercising, especially doing some uh, uh, weight training, uh, doing some walking, doing some running, things like that, it's going to help strengthen up your bones. So if you do have that fall, then you're not going to be less likely to have less injury. Again, we talked about muscle mass. You know, that's one of the reasons why we exercise. Uh, There's a term called sarcopenia. Sarcopenia is this wasting of muscles. So we want to prevent the sarcopenia. We want to be able to maintain our muscle mass. And then also, you know, it helps your mood. You know, if you've exercised before, a lot of times we think afterwards we're going to feel tired and we're not going to have any energy. But I find that the reverse is true. Uh, when you exercise, I think it releases endorphins, makes you feel better, your mood's better. I know with me, it's almost like an addiction. And Danae tells me that, that uh, sometimes, uh, you know, the things that I do, I kind of overdo it sometimes. And I do that with exercise. But when I do exercise, I feel so much better. Typically, I'll exercise first thing in the morning. And it makes my day feel so much better the whole day. Now, I've learned from using an aura ring when to push it and when not to push it. And I'm starting to listen more to my body. But I'm more on the other side of the extreme where I'm not one who doesn't exercise enough, I probably overdo it. So with me personally, I have to kind of scale back. So, you know, we all have our issues, especially associated with exercise. So, you know, we have to see where we're at and see what we need to do to improve. Do we need to exercise more or do we need to cut back more? Now, as far as uh, different types of exercising, you know, I think that there's three different things that you have to include in this 150 minute, 50 minutes uh, per week. Uh, one of them is lifting heavy. Now, when I say lifting heavy, uh, that is a relative term. You know, if you're comparing somebody who's just starting out versus somebody who's weightlifted for, you know, 15 years, obviously there's going to be a big difference in your in the amount that you're lifting. But what what I want to be you to be concerned about is what is heavy for you? What is good for you? to do you know with the uh, heavy lifting especially if you can get access to a gym you really need to concentrate on your legs your chest and your back that is your uh, major muscles you know the accessory muscles like your biceps your triceps your shoulders and things like that you know um, those are good to to, uh, work on as well But when you're exercising those 150 minutes uh, per week, we want to make sure that we're getting uh, those heavy muscles uh, activated on a regular basis. I've even read personally some of the articles coming out, and I'm still in the process of uh, figuring this out for myself, is uh, doing some type of deadlift every day. Uh, They call it hinge uh, hip uh, hinge uh, exercises where you're uh, flexing your hips some, and that has to do with different types of squats, you know, 
there's barbell squats, front squats, sumo squats, uh, Bulgarian squit, uh, split squats. So there's all kinds of different squats that you can use, but you're using your hips and your legs and your back as well. And it really does activate a lot of muscles. Uh, so it helps increase uh, some of the growth hormone and uh, testosterone and things like that because you're hitting your major muscles. So lifting heavy is important. If you're scared of the gym, you need to find somebody who can help guide you through this. If you've never uh, exercised before and all those squat names I just uh, read off was scary to you or you have no idea what I'm talking about, you know, that's when you need to get a coach to kind of help guide you through that. You know, you want to make sure that you have good form. You want to make sure that you're not going to injure yourself in the gym. So, you know, having someone there to coach you is important uh, to get you through uh, the initial stage of learning. And once you learn it, you know, if you, as long as you follow your form, you should be okay. And then you can uh, uh, add weight as the weeks go on. You know, with me, even if I add two and a half pounds per week, you know, or every two weeks, you know, I'm increasing. And that's what we want to do is we want to uh, be able to um, jot those down in a uh, diary type book, a training book, so we keep track of it, and we want to see if we can increase the amount of weight that we're that we're lifting. Another type of exercise that I do on a regular basis is called Zone Two training. Now, we can get specifics as far as far as finding heart rates and different things like that. But I think the most important thing that you need to take away was from Zone Two training is it's it's like a um, a cardio exercise. It can be on a bike, it can be running, it can be swimming, it can be any of those things where you get your heart rate up. But the way you can tell is if you can hold on a conversation with somebody uh, but not be totally out of breath, uh, but you have a little bit of difficulty talking with them, you're probably in a zone two training. And what the benefits for zone two training, if you've listened to previous podcasts, I've mentioned mitochondria. Mitochondria are your uh, energy powerhouses. It will actually increase the amount of uh, mitochondria producing ATP. And it also helps with fat burning. So what this is due to is it activates your slow twitch uh, type 1 muscle fibers. It's a different muscle fiber than doing like a long extended slow walk. So you're able to um, activate these different muscle fibers which leads to the uh, added benefits of the mitochondria and increase your fat burning. And then finally, and this is surprising to a lot of people, and I, but I think one of the things that you need to include into your 150 minutes per week is sprinting. Now, sprinting, the advantage for sprinting is it doesn't take very long. Uh, this morning, I did, my, I did a day of sprinting. And what I did is I did 20 seconds of sprints, walk for two or three minutes, 20 seconds of sprints, walk for two or three minutes, and I did that six times. So, you know, you're talking probably 10, 12 minutes, uh, but only about, what is that, uh, six, two minutes of that was sprinting, and it was spread out through the whole, uh, whole 12, uh, 10 to 12 minutes. And uh, there's different regimens that I use uh, depending on what day it is. But sprinting helps deplete uh, your glycogen stores. And when you're um, burning more glucose like that, then it, uh, then you need to start burning fat for fuel because you burn through the stool, uh, storage of glyco- or glucose called glycogen in your muscles. 
And the good thing about with this is we talked about mitochondria as far as the zone two training. This helps increase your mitochondria as well. And then when you're sprinting it's versus long distance running, you know, we talk about sarcopenia, which is your muscle wasting. You know, if you're doing sprinting versus long distance like running, um, you're going to have less muscle mass loss. So, you know, if you're on one end trying to do strength training, building muscle, lifting heavy, but you're also doing long distance running, you're kind of fighting against yourself there. So you really want to... Um, stick with your your goal your outcome as far as what you want to accomplish and for me personally that's longevity and i want to be able to live as long as i can as healthy as i can so long distance running it, i i used to do that but besides the muscle waste uh muscle loss you know i think it stresses your body and it leads to the whole cascade of increasing your cortisol your glucose your insulin and you have a lot more difficulty uh with a little bit of excess fat and also with muscle loss, you know, take uh, the Olympics just happen. You know, if you look at the long distance runners who run, you know, uh, the marathon or they do like a five mile, whatever they do there versus the hundred yard, uh, hundred meter sprinter. You know, if you look at their body, look how different they look. You know, the sprinter is, you know, muscular, uh, defined. Now, obviously it's going to be hard to get to that point, but just overall, if you look at them, you know, they have a muscular build. If you look at the long distance runner, you know, the, usually they're not very built. You can't see their muscle definition. Uh, a lot of times they'll have a little pooch in their abdomen. And that's because uh, of what I think is the long distance or is the stress that you put on your body from the, uh, the, the running and not the sprinting type uh, activities. Now, when you're exercising, so those three things you need to have in your, in your repertoire of your uh, 150 minutes, you need to lift heavy, zone two training, and you need to do some sprinting. And I'm going to add on there your core exercises. Uh, I get on the floor uh, two or three times a week at least and do some planks and different exercises on the floor. And that helps with your uh, with just your core uh, strength building, and it helps um, with the things preventing things like the falls and things like that we talked about before. Now, some of the exercises routines that I do is again with a high intensity, you're going to increase you're going to increase your glycogen uh, burning, um, and with the high intensity, once your glycogen is burnt, then you start burning fat. And a lot of times when you're doing the high intensity training. Uh, you'll burn up that glycogen, but you'll have increased fat uh, metabolism for 24 hours. You know, on the flip side, if you have low intensity, you'll burn more fat initially, uh, but you'll have less fat burning over the 24 hours. So that's another reason I forgot to add with the sprinting versus long distance running is that difference there. Now, what I do, uh, what I find is the best uh, routine is to do some high intensity uh, training followed by some moderate intensity training. Usually my workouts will include uh, some kind of, you know, a lift that will uh, activate one of the major muscles. Again, those are your chest, your back or your legs. Uh, I'll activate those doing some heavy type lifting. Again, heavy is relative. If you have some of these younger guys come and work out with me, my heavy is their light. Uh, so, you know, I, I, I can't worry about that. I have to do what I want, what I can do. So I do some that, and I do some high intensity uh, type training, whether that will be like a Tabata workout 
uh, to where uh, I'm, I'm pushing myself for a four-minute interval. Uh, I may do some sprints, uh, but then I'll do some moderate intensity. And what I mean by moderate intensity is the zone two training. Uh, sometimes after I do this, I'll go for a 15-minute walk. Uh, now, you may think, well, you said not to walk. But that walk is after I've done heavy lifting, some mod or some high intensity training, and then I'm walking. So I burnt a lot of my glycogen, which is your glucose stores in your muscles, so in, in in your liver. So once you burn through that, then you start burning fat. So I think that is the best overall routine. You're you're getting you're getting strength training, uh, which is important uh, to do. Uh, you're getting flexibility, especially if you add uh, core exercise to it, and you're getting some aerobic because at the end you're doing some walking and some high intensity training. So you're hitting all those all those uh, factors that you need to to hit. Now I don't do everything every day. Now I do do heavy training probably at least five times a week uh, with a day or two, uh, you know, uh, break uh, in the week somewhere. And then I kind of mix it up uh, later on, depending on what day it is and what I did the previous day. And also what my aura ring says I need to do as far as my readiness, you know, am I ready to hit it hard or do I need to take it easy? Uh, and listening to your body is so important in that aspect. You know, there's other things that you can do to help with your exercise. There's some supplements you can take and things like that. Uh, but that's more patient specific, depending on what you need that you have. And one of the things that we try to help with with our uh, online uh, clients who we coach is what kind of exercise is best for you. You know, I have some people who don't have access to a weight room. I got to do some kind of uh, training for them. I have some. Uh, I have one client thinking about him. He wants to do cross country uh, training. You know, that's what his goal is, and he runs you know, 25 miles. And uh, I've had to adjust some of the things that he does uh, to get the results he wants to get. So, you know, each of us have a goal and uh, those goals can change, especially as we get older. But what what we need to do is, um, you know, first things first is if you're not doing anything, like I said at the very beginning, we really need to concentrate on just getting out and moving. Uh, If you're not moving, that's the first thing we need to do. And then we need to start getting smart about the exercises that we're doing. You know, so many people that I've run into, you know, they go for walking for 30 to 60 minutes a day. They get frustrated. They're trying to watch what they eat. They're not getting results. We change up their routine. They get so much better. They get the results that they want to get. So, you know, people work hard. I'm not saying that people, uh, the people who are not getting results, they don't. It's not that sometimes they're not working hard. It's just not not working smart. And if you look at the science, if you look how your body works, if you look how it functions, and uh, you can develop a routine to get you the results that you want, you know, you can work hard and you can work smart and you can get your results. So hopefully that's helped you some, give you some basics as far as like getting started, uh, the things you need to think about, the things you need to add into your exercise routine if you're not doing those right now. As always, uh, we're open uh, to a conversation with you if you are interested in our coaching Uh, you know, just get in contact with me and we'll set up a time and we'll see if we can help uh, and uh, uh, help direct you in the right way that you need to get for your results that you want to obtain. So uh, our catechism this week, again, catechisms, we're going through this each week. 
And uh, today's question is, what is sin? And sin is any transgression of the law of God. So anything that is against what God wants us to do and his laws and, and what he says in scriptures, you know, that sin can be a sin of commission. It could be doing something that we know we're not supposed to do, uh, like steal. Or it could be a, a sin of omission if God is telling us to do something, such as witness to somebody, give something to somebody, and we don't do that. That's a sin of omission, and that's a sin as well, too. So none of us are perfect. All of us sin each and every day. But again, it goes back to Jesus. It all goes back to Jesus each and every time. Jesus came to earth. He died, was buried, risen again. For, our, for you, for me, to savor us from the hell that we deserve through his grace and his mercy, we have a way through Jesus to heaven uh, to um, uh, spend eternity with God. So hopefully that's helped you guys. Um, I enjoyed doing this. This was a great time. Um, we'll be talking about sugar and fructose, I think, at our next uh, talk. But if you have any questions about exercise, reach out. If uh, this didn't answer your questions, let me know. I can always go further in depth with the questions that you have. But uh, if there's anything we can do for you guys, reach out. Remember, be fit and be faithful. This podcast is for informational purposes only. No patient-provider relationship is implied or established. This podcast in no way represents the practice of medicine. The information given is to be used at the listener's own risk. Please consult your provider before making any changes, as the contents of this podcast is no substitution for your provider's instruction.